pray with me? Uh, Father, we exist for your glory, and so this morning we glorify your name. Uh, you get all the credit, uh, you get all the, uh, the honor, you get all the praise. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to gather as your people and to hear from your word. Thank you that you have spoken to us uh, by your Son and through your Spirit. Thank you that you've given to us your word that uh, you use to form and shape us. God, I pray this morning as we open your word that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive what you have for us. Lord, thank you so much for the good work that you're going to do. Lord, we give you thanks and we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. You may have a seat. Church family, I hope you are well. Our kiddos are staying with us this morning, which simply means I am on the clock. I'm on the clock. Uh, this morning, we continue our series from the book of Proverbs, and we are uh, thinking together about uh, the marks of godly friendship, the marks of godly friendship, the mission of friendship, what is friendship for, and then the model of friendship. I believe that God has wired uh, you and me for friendship. I believe he's wired us for friendship. I think that he wants us to have friends, and I think he wants us to be good friends. And that should come as no surprise. And it should come as no surprise because God has wired us, created us for community. God exists in community. God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so it should come as no surprise to us that God would want us to experience uh, the community that he exists forever in. A friendship is one of God's good graces. If you know what it's like uh, to have a good friend, uh, to walk with a friend, to be loved by a friend, then you know that friendship is a gift from God. It's not something that we simply, simply stumble upon. It's something that God does in our hearts and in our lives. I love what author C.S. Lewis wrote in his book, The Four Loves. He said this, in friendship, we think that we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised or not raised at our first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work Christ, who said to his disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, you have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste in finding one another out. It is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. A friendship uh, is a gift from the sovereign hand of of God. You have the friends that you have because God in his kindness and in his goodness allowed for your paths to cross. So I'm excited this morning as we think together about friendship. I have to tell you uh, humbly so, I know a little bit about friendship because at last count I had 496 friends. 496 friends. According to the most recent statistics, the average number of friends is 338. And so, I mean, you guys can just look at the numbers, but I think it goes without saying that when it comes to friendship, I'm slightly above average. 
And so those friends, of course, that I have, all 496 of them, the vast, vast majority of them, they're probably not friends. They are, in fact, though, Facebook friends. And we know that Facebook friends are not real friends. We know this, right? Do we? I mean, most of them. Some of them are. Some of them are legit. But most of them, you know, you, you met, you heard about, you, you know someone in common, you become friends with them. But, but today I want to talk about the makings of, of like an actual friend. Like specifically, what marks a godly uh, friendship? What are the marks of a godly friendship? If you study the book of Proverbs, if you were to kind of do a flyover from 30,000 feet, one of the first things that you would notice that when it comes to friendship, the mark of a godly friend is a friend that loves. Proverbs chapter 17 Verse 17 says, a friend loves at all times, and a, bro- and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times. Uh, if you want a good friend, then uh, look for a friend who will love you through thick and thin. A friend who will love you in good times and in bad times. I love the picture of friendship that's presented for us in 1 Samuel chapter 18. It tells the story of David and Jonathan had an incredible friendship, a commitment that they made to one another. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 1 reads, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took uh, him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. It was a line in the sand for David and Jonathan. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. I mean, I don't even know if we have categories for that today. We don't, we don't talk like this. We don't, I mean, we don't, like, I don't know any friendship that began with an exchange of a robe and a sword and a bow. That's unique. But what they were doing is they were kind of defining the friendship. It was a covenant, and so it wasn't uncommon for something to be traded or exchanged between two parties, and that's what they were doing here. Uh, David was saying to Jonathan, and Jonathan was saying to David, listen, no matter what happens, like, we're together. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be with you, regardless of what happens in life. That is a significant friendship. It's a significant relationship. That kind of friendship is not fickle. It doesn't come and go with seasons. Someone doesn't step on someone else's toes and the person goes, man, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. This kind of friendship is a loyal and faithful friendship. It's a friendship that has been girded and founded in a love for another human being. When I think about friendships in my own life, uh, friendships that have stood the test of time, uh, people in my life, uh, there, there are certain experiences or things that have been said along the way uh, that have, have communicated to me uh, that someone kind of feels this way about me. I remember a friend told me uh, one time, completely randomly, uh, just stopped me and said, James, I just want you to know that I am with you. Like, I am with you. Like, who says that? Like, he did. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm right here. It's easy sometimes in life to go, hey, I'm, I'm right behind you. <laughs> like, 
But he's like, no, man, I'm, I'm with you. I received a card in the mail one time from a friend with an invitation, and it simply was signed, loyal and faithful to the end. And I, lo- I love that. Just that picture that no, no matter what happens in life, no matter where we go, regardless of the twists or turns, and I'm, I'm loyal and faithful to the end. I remember a conversation I had with a friend one time, and I was sharing with him some of the things that God had placed on my heart, some of the things that he was doing, kind of a dream that I had, a desire that I had to pursue. And I was, I was trying to explain myself. And what I really was trying to do is I wanted him to know that I wasn't crazy. This idea that I had conjured up, it wasn't nuts. And as I'm explaining it, explaining it to him, he stops me right in the middle. And he said, James, like, stop. You don't have to explain yourself. Like, I love you. And that was enough. Friends, godly friends, that, that relationship, that friendship is marked by love. And it's not a, it's not a fickle love. Um, it's, it's not a seasonal love. It's not something that, that is there when times are good and dissipates when times are bad. Like this kind of love that Proverbs talks about, this kind of love that, that compels a friendship to, to stay together and to stick um, it, it navigates through different seasons in life, right? It's around in spring and summer when things are well and life is good and you're celebrating. A friend is someone who comes along and celebrates with you. Uh, and when you're suffering uh, and life goes sideways and you have very little to offer or bring to the table, uh, a friend who loves you is there. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Mark of a godly friendship is a friend who loves. We also see that a godly friend uh, is one who gives wise counsel. A godly friend is, is marked by one who gives wise counsel. Proverbs 27, verse 9 reads, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. A godly friend uh, gives wise counsel. I'm not a know-it-all, or at least I don't know it all. I'm not omniscient. Uh, I'm limited. This is true intellectually. It's true physically. It's true emotionally. Uh, We don't need to all go into the details this morning, but if you know me, you know this to be true. Uh, I provide ample evidence of my own limitations. I don't always have 20-20 vision, I'm not perfect in my decision-making. I have blind spots that I likely do not even know about. That's why they are called blind spots. There are times in life when I find myself saying things like, I didn't know that or I didn't see that. In other words, I need help. Like, I need help. My friends are saying right now, like, amen. (laughs) Yes, you do. But you do too. Like, we all do. There, there are no exceptions, whether you're 7 or 17 or 70. Like, we're limited. And so godly friends give wise counsel. We can go to them, and they can listen, and they can hear us, and they can speak in such a way that they point us to Jesus. I was reminded this week of the story uh, found in 1 Kings chapter 12. It's the story of uh, Rehoboam. Uh, he was a king. It was early on in, uh, in him ruling, and he had a decision to make. He didn't know how to treat the people. 
Solomon was his, was his father. He was out of the picture, and he had to make some important decisions in terms of what kind of king he was going to be and how he was going to rule. And Scripture says in 1 Kings chapter 12 that he sought counsel uh, from, uh, from older, wiser individuals. And he listened to the counsel from these older, wiser individuals. And they said to him, listen, king, if you, if you serve the people and treat the people well, uh, they'll return the favor. They will serve you for as long as you live. And so he, he listened to the advice and he thought about it. And he said essentially to these older, wiser men, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to you with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that. I'm going to think about uh, your words. But if you're familiar with the story, he, he doesn't follow their advice. There's this passage found in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 8. This is what it says about uh, King Rehoboam. It says, but he abandoned the counsel that the old men gave him and he took counsel with the young men who he had grown up with and stood before him. If you were to put that in today's language, you could say he rejected the godly counsel of the older, wiser men and went with the foolish counsel of his so-called childhood friends. And he, he listened to the counsel of fools. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. If you were to think back upon uh, foolish decisions that you've made in life or poor decisions have you made in life, um, other than yourself, do you ever notice that there is a particular person or two who always seems to be present? Like when you think back and you're like, oh boy, I can't believe that. I, oh, yeah. Whoa, that was not a good decision. And then you remember that your buddy was there. Right? And then another story comes to mind and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, we were, we were there. Uh, maybe that, that person is not a friend uh, maybe that person is a fool. And you're just listening to the advice of fools. A scripture says that godly friends offer wise counsel. They give wise counsel. Godly friendships are marked by love. They're marked by wise counsel. A godly friend, third, has the courage to correct. A godly friend has the courage to correct. Proverbs 27.6 reads, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You ever stop to think, like, what does that mean? What is he talking about? Certainly he's not talking about a friend that intentionally wounds you or hurts you on purpose. He's, he's talking about something else. He's talking about the courage that a friend has to tell you what uh, you need to hear even when it's difficult to hear. He's not, not, not talking about uh, friends uh, who, who are cruel to you or punish you, but friends who love you enough to say hard things to you. Uh, last night, I was watching the Michigan, Michigan State football game, and in the second half, Michigan was running the ball on Michigan State. And the, the announcers in the game uh, were sharing a quote from Jim Harbaugh, who's a, quote, or who's a coach of the University of Michigan. I think they said he had a sign in his office uh, somewhere that read, if you keep punishing people, eventually you'll get the results you want. Like it was in the context of running the ball, like of being tough. Like if you just keep doing it again and again and again, eventually you'll get the results you want. Um, that's not the same thing that the author of Proverbs is talking about here. 
Right? He's not saying that, that we should punish people again and again and again so we get the results that we want. He is saying that we should love people enough to correct them even when it is difficult. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Sometimes we love to surround ourselves with people who are more fans than friends. People who will come alongside of us and tell us what we want to hear. People who will cheer for us, people who will pat us on the back, people who will not challenge us. A scripture calls those people more an enemy than a friend. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you have someone in your life who you can sit across the table from and say, will you tell me what I need to hear but don't want to hear? You know anyone like that? You know anyone you can go to the coffee shop with or sit across the breakfast table with and go like, hey, what, like, what do you see that I don't see? What do I need to hear that I do not want to hear? Like, can you tell me something that I know, like, immediate when you, immediately when you tell me, I may want to fight you, but tomorrow morning, Mike, I'm going to thank you. And if you don't have anyone like that in your life, pray uh, that God will send someone. Uh, but, by the way, in, in order to have a friend who has the courage to correct you, oftentimes you need a friend uh, who you know loves you. Because if the correction comes without the relationship, it feels cruel. You're sitting across the table from someone or you're having a conversation with someone and you're thinking to yourself, you, you, don't, know, you don't know me. And, and I don't think you should be sharing that with me. But when you know that you are loved, when you know that someone has your best interest in mind, those conversations, even though they are not easy, uh, they become welcome. What are the marks of a godly friend? A godly friend loves, a godly friend gives wise counsel, a godly friend has the courage to correct. What is the purpose of friendship, though? What is the mission? And the mission, at least in part, is our formation. Uh, friendships are given by God to form and shape us into the image of Jesus. This is the good work that God is doing in you and me. He wants to change us. He wants us to look like Jesus, to think like him, to operate like him. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. One of the purposes of friendship is so that God would send people into our life who will have the courage to challenge us, to love us, to give us godly counsel so that we might be changed by God uh, to reflect Jesus. It has been said that you become the sum of your five closest friends. There's not a verse for that, but I believe that it is true. I believe the people that you surround yourself with, for better or for worse, they're going to rub off on you. You are going to become like them. And so when you take stock of your friendships this morning, when you look around, when you consider uh, the people that you're running with, that you're hanging with, like how is God using them uh, to form and shape you into the image of Jesus? Like, do you think to yourself, my, my life is better because they're in it? If not, pray that God would send uh, those kinds of friends. Friendship uh, provides for us so many good and godly things, but one of the things that it does is it's used by God to form and shape us into the image of Jesus. So what is our model of friendship? Who do we look to uh, as, as someone where we can go, man, that is the example worth following? Well, look, look no further, kids, 
to Jesus. Uh, Jesus was the ultimate friend. John chapter 15, verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. If you want a model of godly friendship, look no further than to Jesus. I love that Jesus, near the end of his life, when he was meeting with his disciples, he said to them, hey, I'm not going to call you servants anymore. I mean, they were that. We're that. I mean, we serve God joyfully. But Jesus, <coughs> uh, Jesus calls his followers friends. He has invited us into a friendship uh, with him. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, there is a scene in the movie uh, Tombstone. I wouldn't recommend it for the kids. Um, there's a scene in the movie Tombstone at the end of the movie when Doc Holliday, played by Val Kilmer, is uh, talking to Turkey Creek Jack Johnson. And uh, Doc was on his last leg. He was sick as a dog. His voice sounded a little like mine right now. Uh, but <laughs> his, his buddy, his boy, uh, Wyatt Earp, was, uh, was chasing the bad guys. And uh, they, were, they were getting ready for a fight. And there's a scene where uh, Turkey Creek Jack Johnson says, Doc, you ought to be in bed. What are you doing this for? And Doc Holliday said, Wyatt Earp is my friend. Turkey Creek Jack Johnson says, man, I got a lots of friends. And Doc Holliday said, I don't. Uh, I don't know uh, if you have a lot of friends. I don't know if you have 496. Uh, I don't know if you have 300. Uh, but I know you have one, if you have a relationship with the God of the universe. Um, Jesus has, has called you his friend uh, by faith. Uh, he's welcomed you into the greatest friendship that you'll ever experience in your life. Uh, nothing compares with it. Uh, he is a trusted friend. He knows everything about you, and he still loves you. Uh, he, he gives godly counsel. Uh, no, one, no one compares. Uh, and he lovingly uh, corrects us when we stray, uh, not, to, not to punish us, but to discipline us. Uh, my hope and prayer for you is that you would know that kind of friendship uh, this morning uh, with, uh, with Jesus, uh, your Savior, uh, but also uh, with your church family. Uh, let's pray and ask for God's help. God, thank you so much for uh, your living and active word. Thank you that uh, it speaks to uh, many of the things that we think about and that we wrestle with. Lord, thank you so much for Jesus. Jesus, thank you uh, for the friendship that you invite us in. Uh, thank you that you're a faithful friend, that you stick around. Thank you for your love. Uh, Lord, thank you for your great wisdom. And thank you for your correction. Uh, thank you that you are forming and shaping us into the image uh, of Jesus. And you're doing that even now. God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.